Hi guys. So today what the podcast would be is like the name suggests it's going to be all about Motabhai India and the future beyond. So I'm not going to discuss about the history of Reliance. I'm not going to talk about how Reliance came into existence or that all that blah blah blah. But if you're interested and you want to know the roots of Reliance and the expansion right from its origin an interesting book which is sort of unbiased is polyester prince if you can buy it and read it it's one of the best books that will tell you about the rise of reliance now i'm not going to talk about the 11 deals that reliance has done some 15 billion dollars worth of deals in matter of 10 months this podcast is not going to be about that and this is not about the agm meeting that happened yesterday or the deal with google for 32000 crores So what exactly I'm going to talk about? Now, what is the nature of all these things at a macro level? If you look at, you have these companies like Facebook and Google who are investing massively in Reliance, or at this matter of fact, Reliance Geo. At a macro level, when you look at it, you feel that it's great that there are more investments. at this point of downturn and turmoil there will be more number of jobs and there will be no number of expansion and the share market also had rejoiced it reliance had reached all time high i was following the share from 1600 rupees it went to 1700 1800 and then it went up to 1900 and 1950 so there is good news all around what am i going to talk about everything is said and done what is interesting is to look at the players who are investing in it first the facebook company had come and invested money in it and the competitor google had come and investment invested money again in it i don't think there is an example as such where facebook and google have competed to invest so hugely in one company now why is this happening we have to take a if we have to take a closer look even the timing of the deal when most companies are running for cover and are trying to cut down and trying to save cost why are companies spending so much to be part of reliance geo and motabai's vision of achieving a debt free company has been achieved just like that he said that in 2020 he wants to make reliance debt free and it has been achieved and now he is going for expansion he wants to buy future retail like it's all good right like it's more jobs more these things but i want to essentially look at the these two companies like facebook and google at the core of it though you know facebook looks like a social media company google looks like a search engine at the core of their business they both are advertisers now facebook generates huge re- revenues by advertisements and google also most of the part whatever it does here and there also becomes you know the uh, the basic business model is advertising now what essentially they are driving at is they are trying to create more and more data sets which will in turn create business models the more number of data sets across the country they are able to leverage like you have to see at uh, what is happening now the world if you look over 
the two countries which are developing at a very fast rate is China and India. China has not allowed Google and Facebook to come and spread its wing in their country. The only alternative there is India. What Reliance is going to do is give access to this massive network across India to these two players, Facebook and Google, right? They will create these massive business models and it will be also done in such a way that they will integrate across different systems. Now, for example, let's say, uh, you know, what, what, what is it that this will do? It Right now also, Google is doing a lot of target marketing or target advertising. It has gone to so specifics that first it's used to collect cookies and like that is at a very superficial and at a basic level it will collect cookies and whenever you go to a web a particular website then you know those kind of products will keep following you that's very basic now if you go to a mid-level kind of a thing what was happening was when you talk on the phone or when you are having conversation and if you have not turned the google assistant off it used to keep suggesting you those kind of products what were there in part of your conversation. Now, if you take this kind of a thing, this kind of a slightly sneaky and sly thing, and if you are combining with the AI, so now you have to understand that Facebook and Google both have their own AI. They have their own custom AI, which are very strong in crunching data. Now, what will happen at this point of time is with Reliance. Now, the start of the conversation itself with Google was that they're going to give phones. For Google, they can afford to give free phones to everyone because the data that will be driven by it. The, and then the way they will be able to give this data to the people who want to do advertising, who want to do marketing, that would cover the cost. So, but still, it sounds a win-win situation, right? Like everyone is making money. Reliance is making money. Facebook is making money. Google is making money. So why the hell am I making this podcast? But what we need to understand is technology itself is not a white label product. Technology itself is not something which is very neutral. Like if you look in the past, both these companies, whether it be Facebook or whether it be Google, they had certain shady businesses going on. In terms of Facebook, it's world-renowned if you take Cambridge Analytica or the way they fudged the Trump elections or their uh, laughable private, uh, you know, privacy settings that were there and how they used to collect data. The same thing was with Google. Google has been accused and had to pay a lot of money uh, when it came, came to Europe because they accused that there were pri uh, privacy which was breached by Google for individual users and what they wanted to share and not share. That was there. And the same similar thing happened. There was a Congress hearing on Google. Now, the developed economies were able to kind of at least address this issue. When it comes to India, it's wild, wild west. We like take an example. I never like any normal layman before installing an app, before using an uh, uh, before using the phone, 
they will never try to understand what are the permissions that they are giving and they are not giving. And fair enough, like, I have nothing to lose. Most of the people think there is nothing to lose and most of the people it is true. But when you compound it with 1 billion people, right, then it becomes what? It becomes at certain levels security issues at national interest. You need to understand that these people have huge computing power. Now, I can you can say that this might be a conspiracy theory, but let's look at something as a small app in this entire ecosystem where Google is a huge ecosystem, right? It's Android. Or let us look at uh, social media. Facebook is also a huge ecosystem. But let's look at one small app called WhatsApp. When WhatsApp came into the hands of Indians, the amount of fake news, the amount of geopolitical tensions it created, it was used in a lot of atrocities. Yes, it was used also in a lot of good deeds, but the amount of tensions it created, uh, like for example, in Hyderabad, someone was lynched because they thought that they were kidnapping and the entire villages communicated on WhatsApp, came down and lynched that. I can give multiple use cases where WhatsApp. So the term itself called WhatsApp University came into existence because most of the Indians thought whatever the news that came on WhatsApp is true. Now comes the final beautiful thing about this whole thing. Reliance owns 72 channels in India. I feel it owns 80% of India. The media channels which are being run across India, different languages and, and everything are owned by Reliance. Now, when you add the technology that is which is coming, expertise which is coming from Facebook the and Google, and then add the media channels and flow of information that you have across the country, that makes somewhat of an equation which is too powerful, which is too centralized which can do a lot of things without we understanding. So they say the data is the new oil and we are like 1 billion people are the data sets that everyone would dream of, would love for. And Google and Facebook are looking at this absolute new oil, new minerals, new treasure line that they found. That is India and they are going after it. Now, my last thing that would be happening here is that already when I'm talking about all these things, Google has turned down and it's listening. I wish I could do this on video, but anyways. So my last thing is there's something known as quantum physics, right? And there's something known as quantum computing. Google has already started to do quantum computing and it is going at an exceptional speed. Now, what is com quantum computing? This podcast would be, you know, too short a time to explain this, but I would like you guys, there's, China is going at a great rate, the world is going at a great rate. In India, there is only one company. It's a private owned company called QNU, which is doing this, which is known as quantum computing. But basically it is this, what supercomputers now, the best computers now can do, computation for 10,000 years, Google can do it like let's say in a couple of minutes. Google quantum computers, they have cracked the theory, they have also done a test and it has worked out. In a couple of minutes, they can do work 
of what computers, normal traditional computers can do for 10,000 years. Now, when that comes into play, now you have a very potent situation. So all your encryption that you're thinking of, the bank transaction, the end-to-end -end encryption and all that is only protected because they do certain algorithms and they mix and match data in such a way that you can't break them. But once quantum computing comes into play, that's why China is going at a rate that is never before or artificial intelligence uh, that China is developing as a never before. Now, when you co combine all these elements and put it and this data and this all the, you know, you take the past history and put it hands of these advertising companies who will give this to highest bidder. Well, I don't know what will happen, but it's looking great for Motabai and Motabai has gotten into something that will change India. Reliance will again change India. I don't know for better or good, but the time will tell but it's game on for sure. Hello, guys. So usually I don't make a podcast about a news item, but this was related to films and this was related to one of the things which I always tracked and which was very interesting. So I thought, let me make a short podcast about this. So I saw this in the newspaper early in the morning. The headlines goes like this. Telangana filmmakers are disgruntled. A feeling that they are disadvantaged vis-a-vis -vis their counterparts in Andhra Pradesh is weighing down on their minds. And they want the state government to help. So this was the... Um, headline and if you go into the article what it says is that Telangana filmmakers are allying uh, discrimination resulting being relegated to a second class status in relation to the counterparts in Andhra Pradesh so what they, the article talks about is how Telangana people filmmakers from Telangana are looked down upon and the films that they make are not being received in the other state so you have in the article uh, someone like a Jeevan Reddy who is saying that his film George Reddy did get the appreciation but it didn't get him offers. What he says is I didn't get many offers after George Reddy despite the film being well appreciated but I got offers from Bollywood production houses to direct a lavish period saga perhaps they judge my talent on merits and not the region of my birth. So that was his comment. And then you have uh, someone like Rajkan Kuri who was telling that there is a lot of untapped talent in the state. So I request the government to consider some kind of subsidy. Then uh, you have someone uh, like uh, the maker of uh, Dorasani who says... Uh, uh, KVR Mahindra he says that Telangana cinema had distinct identity flavor for decades with cult movies like Mahabhumi uh, Dasa Komram Bhim Batkamma Erasenium but it's slowly losing its sheen due to the lack of encouragement from the industry and the government then you have a very interesting comment which is said by uh, which is uh, said by Prem Raj. He says that 
Telangana workers are bullied on sets and probably he says that he he speaks specifically about Tamaredi Bharatwaj who questioned the necessity of separate Telangana workers union union now what interestingly premrat says is probably tamaredi bharadwaj is speaking on behalf of hundreds of andhra born filmmakers and want to chase us out, chase us out of our own state that's an incredible statement that he is making a telangana state minister distributed groceries only to 150 out of 3000 workers in our union but distributed 14000 members to rival federation which is unfortunate so these kind of politics kind of was you know this article was talking about now my thing was have these people woken up right now like i earlier said it in my other podcast when i was speaking about a film like malaysia or when you speak about a web series like kotaparudu what happened to these guys all these days have these guys suddenly woken up now they have to become vocal if you see historically also the villain characters the joker characters like vishwankar or venu madhav telangana people have always been portrayed in a very comical manner that has been the way it has been done like we have casteism like we have nepotism regionalism is part of the industry why are these guys surprised they must have known when they are entering the industry that this industry is full of nepotism that like you have recently seen there is a debate ongoing debate against karan johar or alia bhat or salman khan there has not been a you know even murmurs of nepotism in our industry because it is an organized cartel and it is a well accepted fact and maybe the hero worship which comes through inheritance we actually celebrated our celebration of cinema has always been based upon caste right like if you see like there are the fan unions which you look at every particular caste has a particular hero and they celebrate his collections that has been the norm nepotism has been the norm hero worship and inheritance of hero like property being inherited a hero having inheritance has been the norm and telangana being seen as a second class citizen has been the norm why are these filmmakers surprised i am surprised by this fact but it is it is really you know good and it 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 feels good that this article has come and i hope somewhere this discussion starts and somewhere people are able to understand that how a cultural identity to be protected is important and to be projected on the screen how certain identities have to be celebrated there is a need for certain kind of films to be celebrated like for point in case malaysian 
deserved much bigger release it deserved much bigger appreciation than it got even for that mat- uh, matter of fact let's say ekotaporodu there has been a multiple times deception and there has been multiple times betrayal when it comes to telangana cinema telangana culture but let's see how this pans out but it's a very interesting article it has come in dakkan chronicle if you guys get a hold of it read it and i would like to know your guys point of views on this one